welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast. We talk about movies, mu- music, food, and fun. Oh my God! You know what? I was like, cl- I was, I was like tensing up right there because for the first time I think ever since we've started this podcast, maybe mere weeks into it was like the last time I felt this way. But I was like thinking to myself, "Don't fuck up the intro," and then. Simultaneously, I was like, well, I never fuck up the intro. Why would I fuck up the intro? And then here we are. I fucked up the intro. Cross brain believe- communications. I mean, that was man. just like a wild, that was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. We're keeping this all. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Dominic <laughs> McCurrio, and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. Hello. Hello to yep. you, partner Hello. in crime. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today is Papa Bear. Hi. An unusual name, you might say. Otherwise known as P Bear or Papa un- B. Why is that unusual? Big You're right. Baby. It was absolutely not. It was on your birth certificate, and um, there Wait. it was, and there it will lay. <laughs> Quick question: Do people ever call you PB and J? Uh, yes. Shit. <laughs> Actually, me and, me and Jeremy Lyon have a band called PB and J Bear, or PB and J Bear. J Bear. Yeah. PB and J Bear. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do people call you Big P? I've never been Big P. Shit. That's dog. new. That's yeah, fresh. Well, there you go. You're welcome. Big Excellent. P. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've that I've can got, really be taken some ways. Well, I've got Big Papa. Peebers, Big Papa. Yeah. 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 About Big Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would say that's probably the most common uh, people thinking that they're calling me Papa Bear, but they call me Big Bear. <laughs> that happens quite a bit. Mm. Really? Yeah. Papa Bear for the uninitiated. <laughs> uninitiated <laughs> is a musician and promoter uh, in the Bay Area here. Um, though I would say that you also do, uh, I mean, some of the shows are definitely outside of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And quite in fact, you have given Fox Sales Brigade um, a number of shows that we've played in the recent, probably last couple of years, I would say. Uh, fun little, like, crazy, off-the-beaten-path festivals of... Uh, of the Northern California variety. Yes. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, as we were approaching the most recent one, we, Fox Hills Brigade just played uh, Blackberry Jam Fest, which Papa Bear um, was... Uh, big Bear. Uh, okay. b- yeah, sorry, Big B. Big, big P? What was big it? P, big, big P. Big P. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, what about, uh, what about P Biggie? Uh, Can we go there? That's, <laughs> or, that's nice. P Biggity. Wait, what about Big Apple? <laughs> that an option so big p or big a (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if if this is really we're just gonna be on brand spitballing you know spitballing yeah see look i feel like i I said spitballing i felt you said that once too oh i said it many many moons ago i I didn't feel it i knew you said it but i felt you maybe said it only you (laughs) no no i didn't i definitely didn't invent spitballing but i feel like i brought it to you (laughs) i feel like i brought this word to you and then you i felt like it was a new thing for you it was a rebirth for me she's making making it her own i i'm gonna give it back to you though because i feel like it is no 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 i mean i love i love that you use it now and uh you know what actually to be honest every time you say spitballing it just like Gives me a nice little tingle. Right. No, I mean, I will credit you with giving that influence upon, unto, unto me. Unto, unto. Spake. I've definitely um, taken multiple phrases Liberties. from you, I think. Like what? I mean, I can't, like what? Yeah, what have I, t- I know I've taken phrases oh, from you. Oh, various like, things here and there, such as this, such as that. Such as, such as, such as, such as I probably have gotten the from The phrase Laura. such as. Such as, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's sort of a more of an intonation, inflection. Oh, kind of a thing. Nuance sort right. of a thing. It's, it's I think attitude. kind of a thing. Kind it of is thing, an I say. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing is like a Laura kind thing, a that, thing. I, that I've kind of brought into my realm. Sort of a thing, yeah. yeah right. Sort of a thing. <laughs> it's kind of a thing. It's kind of sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, Blackberry Jam Fest was the most recent uh, festival that Papa Bear helped us uh, get on board with, and it was loads of fun. We just pl- we were just there this past weekend. Yeah, it was two, a, two day, you guys played two days two days ago. Oh, as they say, there's another phrase you might. As they say, say, yeah, you might have taken that from me. I do take that from Not me. Not that but I'm the only person who says it, but I say yeah, it in such, I, in I've such actually a way. In such a way. <laughs> such a way. There's another one of my things. As they say, such a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're all things. Mm. These, these are things. These are, these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> isms, as they say. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Blackberry Jam Fest, you know, it was just a total ball. And I thought to myself <laughs> as I was there, like, you know what? This is, I, I'm beginning to balls. understand. It was many balls. That yeah. make up a Blackberry. Mm. I, was, I was like, at the festival, I thought to myself, like, I'm really beginning to understand Papa Bear's Lane. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I, I, I really got a grasp Mm. on the uh i got a grasp on the big p 
kind of like style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? It's kind well, of a Bay know, Area, kind of, like, festival uh, kind of in the woods. Sort juggling. Of. Not a juggling. I think it's more of a kind of... Juggling festival? Well, well sometimes there's sort juggling. Of a oh, there was juggling. You know, there's juggling, actually, yeah. yeah. It's juggling. a northern, NorCal kind of... You guys yeah. catch that... You saw the piano getting... I did. Yeah. yeah. From the stage, it was yeah. burning well, as we were sitting exactly? They just they didn't like that piano anymore? Mm, <laughs> I think that they just, every year, they demolish something. Uh-huh. And so... Is it a kind of giving back unto the yeah, earth? Yeah, to the land. To the land. Mm. Yeah. A gift of sorts. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you guys saw how it went down, but they filled it with gasoline. Oh, my God. And then uh, someone got on top of it with a burning hammer, sledgehammer. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Exploded. Wow. 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 Yeah, that was your your opener. (laughs) Right, no, that's why we were sound checking. That's why we couldn't see. I saw the crowd gathered around, and I just assumed it was like some jugglers with fireballs in their hands. Yeah. But I saw a crowd in flames. So how the were the people, the guy who sl- like essentially fine. sledgehammered it, he didn't get burned? He was fine. Why? Did he, was he wearing that substance on his skin <sighs> that made him not burn? No. Oh. No, I think he's just immortal. He's just actually. like a repellent, a natural repellent of fire. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. That's, um, That's your God. somewhat disturbing, but I guess cool it's in a way. It's kind of crazy. Blackberry Jam. You know? wow. Blackberry Jam. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when you go to Blackberry Jam. That's what you get when you, you go to a Papa fire. Bear original. There you go. Wow. So you're really serious. He didn't have any kind of retardant. You know what I mean? Like one of those things? Oh, he might have. (laughs) I guess he must have had to. Okay. Maybe. Right. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm spitballing as I said. (laughs) Yeah, right. Have you, have you yourself ever, um, smashed a piano uh, with a flaming hammer? Well, you know what? That's question number one. But question, no. Okay. So let's move to question number two. Question number two. Have you ever been covered in the flame retardant? Liquid. Repellent. repellent. Is it retardant? Mm. Retardant. Repellent. Retardant? You get the drift. <laughs> I think it means something that slows something. Down. I could be wrong here, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Retard. It slows oh, down the slows down the flames. Slows, slows down, down the flames. from burning you. From burning you. From death. From death. Well, it slows them down, but does it stop them? I suppose. Well, I don't know if you could stop. I mean, you cannot stop fire. It, yeah, can you stop? Only water can stop fire, I suppose. <laughs> no, lack of air can stop fire and oh. other things. <laughs> oh, you are a clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is fire retardant? <laughs> what exactly, is it? that is the question. Yeah, what is it? It's chemicals. <laughs> Do you know, actually know the answer? No. Oh damn it! <laughs> not, I was really hoping you were going to bring some wisdom down. No, no this, fire experience on this idiot whatsoever. train that we're on. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, what was the um, item that they demolished last year? I think they demolished a, a house. What? Yeah. Wow. What? Really? I'm pretty sure they demolished a house. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, there was some sort of decrepit structure that went down. With fire or? No. <laughs> that was a fun noise. It might have been fire. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. They like blowing things up there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried putting that noise in your music? <laughs> yeah, that one right there. Yes. Get that sampled. I well, think. now we got it. Perfect. Yeah, you know what? I'll yeah. send you the files. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this can be, you know, your latest hit single. New music. <laughs> New music coming your way. New song by Big Bear entitled Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> How would you put that on the back of a CD? You know, like track one is, you know. Uh, TX. Definitely Y's. No, there's Y's. I'm sorry. TXY. It could be like Ode to Axl Rose. Parentheses. Parentheses Ode to Axl Rose. Like Aerosmith. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that kind of. Right, right, right. Yeah, in the jungle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I almost clipped it out there. Sorry. Oh, you know what? You can clip it. You really? You can snap clip a bunch. (laughs) 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 There's the sample. (laughs) 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 Wait, that is a real one. What's that from? That's from Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. Spot on. (laughs) So, Papa Bear, what goes into promoting one of these uh, fine festivals of yours? Oh, it's a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. This is one of my isms. Now you guys have it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You can spread that. Sorry to for us. inflicting. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, spread the love. We need more. So, a lot of it's communications. It's like. Mm-hmm. And and um, thinking about what works best for what the event is. So Blackberry Jam, I feel mm. like is. It's like a lot of kids that were theater kids in high school who have now become um, 
Full, they're full actually, blown. Full blown. They're all actually <laughs> event producers doing theat- immersive theatrical theater huh. events. And so, yeah, it's thinking about what works best with that. Mm. And uh, mm. also Mackenzie, who throws that event, she's a like classic rock, metal. She's pretty hardcore. Yeah. So, so getting some like variety in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A nice mixture, but you guys definitely, th- I feel like, fit fit in with that with that crew. I was digging the mix of. I mean, yeah, it was like, it it was like the the bands all had different styles, but it I did see like the through line that you were kind of going for, and and I especially loved. Child of the, the name. Yeah, Child of the Mountain. I was going to oh, say, yeah. shout out to that band, because yeah, that was so the good. first time I heard them, and I really liked them I lot. really liked it, too. It was really, like, wild, kind of, a little, like, vaguely animal collective, but they kind of had their own thing. So, um, love it. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know? I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, living life, um, you know, just life on the road. <laughs> really? On the road? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Oh, okay. Aren't, aren't we in your, li- your, your living room right now? <laughs> we, we are in my living room. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to go on the road and you end up back where you started. Wow. Right. On the deep. road to right. Blackberry Dam Festival, on the road which is where to, we were this past weekend. It does feel like, yeah, it does feel like I've been on the road, but really oh, it's yeah. just, I actually live now a new life of... Um, being at home. Being at home. Oh, Laura was telling me that. Yeah. I So... Uh, I have a full-time job and it's in Mountain View and for many years I've been commuting down there. How many? Uh, five, six, six years. years. That's that's like an hour and a half each way. It's an hour and a half each way. So it's like three hours of every day was in the car. That's a lot of life. It's a lot of life and that's exactly what was getting me thinking like, man, this is a lot of life that I'm spending in a car and a lot of life that I could be spending any other place but a car. (laughs) And... Uh, basically I recently was able to like make a change cause I've sort of been doing some other work on, on the side for, um, uh, Pomplamoose and other kind of side work when it comes up music video and stuff. Um, anyways, so I've been able to kind of like shift my schedule now to where I mostly work from home and it's just been like a new frontier for me. Like that's so just, nice. You know, you can just like roll out of bed. I'm just like in PJs until, you know, until you go to bed again. <laughs> Uh, usually, you know, there comes a point in the day when I'm, I'm ready to face the world and that, that is like one or 2 PM. (laughs) That's really reasonable. (laughs) It's very reasonable. I just wander out into, onto Valencia and find myself some uh, provisions of some kind, you know, some edible, um, delights, treats, little treats here and there. And then I, you know, get get right on back to my duties uh, in pants from there on out. But prior to that, it's a pants off sort of lifestyle. That's great. It's truly pants great. Mm-hmm. It's a pants off lifestyle. I mean, like, man, I can't tell you how nice it is to just like really have pants off more these days. Mm. <laughs> How's your lifestyle with pants? I mean, do you are you like a pants on kind of guy? Uh, no. Usually, well, <laughs> it depends. Some days, some days I get up early and do things, and some uh-huh. days when I don't, I'm a robe guy. A rope? Robe. 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 Oh, a robe. Robe. <laughs> like, I don't robe. know. You don't wear, use a belt. Yeah, yeah, I just wear a robe. No, I just <laughs> wear a robe, actually. Just one single rope. That's all I need. Tied a lot. Yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. you, were at San- you went to UC Santa Cruz. When did you graduate again? 2008. Oh, my God. We may have been there at the same time. When did you graduate there, Laura? Well, I graduated in 06. Oh. But you were in the music department. Yeah, but I didn't do it until 07. Oh, eight, maybe the end of 06. Okay, because I do recall a character. <laughs> is this the sorts, Santa Cruz accent or what's Who would wear a robe to class? Because that was me. A, there, w- Yes. <laughs> that is correct. That was me. Wait, really? No. There, okay. Cause was there, there? Yeah, there was a kid who would come into my class. Not surprising. Robe and slippers and a mug. <laughs> wow. That was his look. He Where was just, he coming? He Where was he coming it. from? Wow. From what, his dorm. Did, did he live? Did he live in the music department? I think he just lived to robe. Uh, <laughs> it's a good lifestyle. No, he lived he a pants off life. Mm-hmm. He didn't live, I mm-hmm. think he really just figured, why well, I'd get dressed when I can just not? <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly. true. And he Very would just true. show up in his robe and his little slippers and he would just have his mug mm-hmm. and his hair was all... I think he liked his whole approach. Yeah, it was I a think, style. It I think it was style. like a statement of sorts, but at the same time, I mean, he also probably just enjoyed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Enjoyed every minute. Sounds pretty pleasant. Yeah, so I guess that wasn't you. It's no. funny, I didn't really know anybody at Santa Cruz. Me neither. me neither. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I felt really at a place... I was a guitar major. Mm. Major? I, yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you minor? Did you major? I minored. Oh, yeah. I majored. No, it's not. I majored. Wow. But I had no music reading experience, really. Uh And, 
Yeah, I just felt really out of place in the music department because uh-huh. it was pretty much all classically trained yeah. musicians. But you did have to like learn stuff. I learned know? everything. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. a struggle. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine even more of a struggle for you if you didn't, because the major was even more hardcore than the Like the minor was hardcore. Yeah, you still had to do 30. 30 was the hardest part. 30 and, well, yeah, I mean, What's yeah, 30? all that stuff. It's a Seven. series, a three-class series on music theory, theory. that was like getting into... The, it was just complicated when you first it was, go. It was complicated, and then you took that class, and you had to take a bunch of auxiliary classes yeah, like with it reading, to like support singing, the knowledge. And you, did you have Maria? Yes. Oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> she was not nice to me. Yeah, she'd be like Laura. <laughs> Tell me, how do you read? <laughs> like, she'd be like, what is the function of a French augmented six? Damn it, Lola. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, well, what key are we in? She'd be like, the key? You want to know what the key is? <laughs> God damn it, Laura. We've been talking about this for the last half an hour. I can't even do it. God damn it, Laura. I can't even do it. I suck now. You I, was do, so, I used to be good. That's really, no, that's still really good. That's, that's odd. That's not. That's, I mean, give I, me flashbacks. I know. No, but I think I... I finally understand like the function. Mm. Oh, I still have no idea what that is. A French augmented six. I no. think it's like. Do you use those in your music? I mean, maybe subconsciously. Huh. I don't know. Honestly, I forgot like exactly what the intervals are between the notes of a French augmented six. But there was a German, a French, German, and, uh, French, and Swedish. Hmm. <laughs> no. I don't. I think it was just German and French. No, there's three. Really? Yeah, there were three. Wow. <laughs> but it might have just been augmented six. No, there was three different countries: German, French, uh, Dutch. No, Dutch would be German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unless it was like from you know Holland. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <clears throat> Anybody want to call in right now? Yeah. yeah. Can <laughs> we write, do have a call. <laughs> somebody can comment if you know the, the answer to that. Bing, bing. What was it? Whatever. Laura, what have you been up to? How's your Same life? You. <laughs> I mean, we spent the last weekend. Do you, live a, do you live a pants off life these days? Or? I mean, too, yeah, for the most part. Now, tell me this: when you riddle me, I this. don't get dressed after. I mean, I well, I you know, I'm wearing I'm wearing my pajamas like all day. You do okay, most typically day, every most day. Days, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I usually don't get dressed until I have to. I'm coming over. Many days I don't have to. I right, just don't right. even leave. That's nice. It's not really that nice to be. I mean, it is nice, but it's also kind of just like I should probably like. Get it's a little sad. It's a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little sad. What can I say? Let's you see. Live I watched... your, you live in your castle on the on the hill, and you know you like. Uh, you don't have to deal with the peasants. There's no need to <laughs> get <peasants>. dressed. <laughs> I mean, that's true. No, I, oh, I went to L.A. Did I tell you about that? I went. To, I was in L.A. for um, a week. I was hanging yeah, with my bro. Yeah, say it. Did I talk about? Oh, well, well, I think you talked with me about, it, but not on the podcast. We watched. Me and my brother like had Beetlejuice. this plan. Not on this trip. That was the They've last trip. They've done that trip. though. But, yeah, we did that. rewatch Beetlejuice for the first time in like maybe ten years, and it was just every bit as good as it ever was. We did talk Such about that on the podcast. Movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, no, this time my brother really wanted me to watch for the, finally for the first time after many years of me saying I was going to watch it, and never had his favorite movie of all time, which is the Hudsucker Proxy by the Coen Brothers. <laughs> What's like <laughs> the elevator one was pitch? With, of... like, it's with um, Jennifer Jason Lee and. Um, Oh my God, why am I blanking on the main actor? I'm trying to like even remember. Well, what's the plot though? Um, it's, oh yeah, this guy. Oh yeah, it's uh, Tim. Tim Tim Roth? No, not Tim Roth, but. Uh, <laughs> Tim Roth, is that Reservoir Dogs, Tim Roth? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's not good. Tim Roth, but oh my God, I why am I blanking Roth. on his name? You know, the guy, he's in like just a bunch of movies. He's in like Jacob's Ladder and. Oh, I love Jacob's Ladder. You know, but yeah, yeah. And, oh my what God. What is his name? Why am I blanking? <laughs> I mean, again, right, we do have the internet those. right in front of us. What's <laughs> Jacob's Ladder? Ooh, oh Jacob's God, Ladder movie. is a is a, one of my favorite horror films. Um, mm-hmm. It's like about this uh, vet who has PTSD, and it's kind of like you you're kind of very much in his kind of uh, world, so you're unsure if the dark visions that he he's having are real or if they're hallucinations and. It's sort of this like Tim did Robbins, something happen sorry. to him? Tim Robbins, yeah. yeah. It, did something happen to him in the war? Like it's kind of this like dark mystery horror kind of mm. vibe. But it's very psychological and um, dr- yeah. it's all dread. It's not like your traditional horror movie. It's all just like this it's like uncomfortable. A dark dream. Yeah, it's it's mm. really cool. Really so cool. Tim Robbins stars in this movie, and it's about like this <clears throat> company whose like CEO or their president dies or whatever. 
and then they need they need to like find a new CEO and Tim Robbins is like this inexperienced guy who's just moving into New York for the first time and he is it New- no wait maybe it's Chicago oh fudge I forget what city it's in but um mm-hmm. anyways and uh, he uh, gets hired because he's like so inexperienced and kind of an idiot and stuff and they want to like basically make the company stock go down so that all of the um, bigger like head like head people in the company can buy the stock and mm-hmm. then like make it go up when they hire a, f- a smart person basically mm-hmm. so that they can basically like get reap all the benefits of like the stock of the company or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically Tim Robbins gets hired and he invents something that is like ends up being a huge hit. Yeah. Company. I think I saw this and Oh, you're right. There is an, inv- I guess there is an invention involved, but it's not like, I guess that's what I meant though. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I forgot about that fact. <laughs> yeah, he has like he invents a you know very popular item that right, everybody it's like a toy knows. or something. Yes, it's something we all know, and it becomes Slink- a huge a, hit. a slinky. No, but that's actually really close because he's it's represented by a circle. Mr. Potato Head. No, but is it a, slinky a is much spoiler closer. to say? Well, Do you feel? I guess it kind of is because I didn't know what it was going to be in the oh, beginning, okay. and like we won't see it. I don't want to know. Anyway, he seems like an idiot. He ends up being a genius. Be- well, not a genius, but like kind of a you know a lucky idiot. Lucky idiot. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Forrest Gump in that way. But um, because we were talking about that earlier. Anyway, not you think, you you think Forrest Gump was just lucky? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, he was like, yeah, definitely. So that's your brother's favorite movie, huh? Yeah, he just loves that movie so much. Wow. But I will say Jennifer Jason Lee in it is amazing. She mm. is just steals the show, and um, it's good. I wouldn't say it was like one of my favorite movies by any stretch. Yeah. What, why do you I think? Your, why do you think your brother loves it so much? He just thinks that it's it's a perfect film, and that there's nothing wrong with it, and it's just like perfectly executed. And he just loves the script, and he loves. I don't know. He just loves it. He's the know? honeysuckle. Oh, Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> the Honeysuckle um, P. So, yeah, we watched that. And uh, what else did I do? I don't, know. I don't know. I just had to go. Oh, I went swimming in L.A. I finally busted out the old swimming pool heater, mm-hmm. which is actually just a plastic tarp that goes on top of the water. But I swear it works. Mm. And I will be using it for my Very birthday. Soon, yeah. Your birthday is coming up. <laughs> well, it, when we were kids, it used to be that me and my brother would have like our birthday to get like a kind of a joint birthday because his mm-hmm. birthday is exactly one month after mine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was always in the summer. So we always would have like pool parties and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of a fun classic treat type mm-hmm, of thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a once upon a time in Hollywood kind of vibe. Oh, right. Wow. Wow. Oh, actually, so there was something of interest that happened in Hollywood. (laughs) Well, I mean, I won't really go into detail, but I randomly ended up unexpectedly at the Quentin Tarantino, or not Quentin Tarantino, but the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood premiere party, the after party for the movie Mm -hmm. at the... What I would act more hotel. shocked, but I've heard yeah. the story. But, <laughs> Sam, but I'll, but I'll go like this for the uh, oh, samesies. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I knew, I knew this. Oh, you, oh, oh, you yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of mentioned it. <laughs> but I know you're telling you're telling all the people out there. Tell the the people. I think you should tell the people of the world, though. Mm-hmm. Well, they I need just to know, randomly Laura. the day I arrived in L.A., I I didn't know what I was gonna. I mean, I just thought I was gonna be hanging out with my brother, watching movies at home, and unexpectedly enough, I was taken to the premiere by party who? by a friend of mine named uh, Clarissa. This is, this is Hollywood. This is Hollywood. It was this just, Hollywood, baby. This was just a Hollywood adventure, as they say. I mean, it was a classic, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood right. type of thing. <laughs> it's you, just and these met, things happen. <laughs> you, you met Quentin, didn't you? I did, yeah, for the second you met, time. You met him mm-hmm. he for was, the second time. Well, yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. saw me perform. He, I, he saw me play probably the first show I ever played outside of Los Angeles, which was in Santa Cruz at Pergolese Cafe when I was like... You know, a senior at UC Santa Cruz, I played a tiny show at Pergolesi. There were maybe five people, one of which was Quentin Tarantino. And he was like the only person who was really interested in me playing. <laughs> what if he was working on writing the movie we just saw while uh, you were playing? I doubt that. He was probably working on like Kill Bill or something like that. Or maybe it was like right after Kill Bill 1 came out. Maybe he's working on Kill Bill 2. I don't know, but no, he was he like wearing a banana. At the same time. Okay, never mind. He was wearing a banana slug sweatshirt. That's all I know. I did not recognize him while I was playing. That's in, ter- that's he, in uh, Pulp Fiction. Did he go to that's, Santa Cruz? Yeah, he did for like uh, like a year or less. I know he didn't actually graduate, but he. But did there's a UC it. Santa Cruz banana Reference. slugs t shirt that Travolta in, wears. In yes, Travol- Pulp John Travolta. No. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Not Quentin Tarantino, but. No. Yeah. But, he, but Quentin Tarantino, Quentin has Tarantino a cameo. gives him. 
the shirt, though. Oh, because is that what it, happens? his right. other one is covered in blood. When he's like talking about coffee and stuff. It's during Tarantino's scene. Moment. And, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. It's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> I have to rewatch that movie. I mean, I actually have a plan to have a whole movie. Quentin Tarantino marathon. Oh, like, I just want to rewatch like a bunch of movies because I feel like I it's did. been a long time since I've seen like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and stuff. And I guess that know. is something I kind of wanted to brief on a little bit, but you should finish your story. Oh, no. I mean, I'm pretty much. Not, I mean, you know, I just. So, yeah, Quentin Tarantino watched me play. Uh, probably not very good set, but he acted like he really liked it. Came up to me and he was like, "Wow, that was really great." Well, he's not a very good actor, CDs? so <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Is he not? So he must have. Oh, come on! Really you've liked seen, it. You've seen him. Well, I was. St- he came up to me and he bought two of my CDs and he was like, "So, uh, yeah." And I, when he started approaching, I started to realize like this was that it was him. I didn't recognize him at first. I thought he was just kind of like some like middle aged guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, came up to me and then I go, "Oh." are you Quentin Tarantino? And then that was at the same time, another person who was watching the show was coming up to me to like talk. And that person heard him say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other guy was like, whoa, you know, obviously really stoked or whatever. And then Quentin Tarantino was like, yeah, 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 but, but enough about me. Let's talk about you. So when did you start playing music? And he was like asking me questions. I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe like a year ago or something like that. And, and I suddenly became like starstruck, you know? And, uh, Anyway, it was just kind of cool, and uh, I don't remember the rest of our conversation, but I do remember that he bought two CDs, and I was like thinking, wow, what if he like uses one of my songs in his movie or something like Whoa. that? And then the next day, he was like on David Letterman, <laughs> and I just thought, what if he talks about the fact that he was at Pergolese Cafe yesterday, <laughs> and he talks about it, we saw this really awesome artist, and it's going to be me, and he did not talk about any of that, and uh, that was pretty much the last Poor I heard Laura. of him until the premiere party of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. didn't you... Uh you slip them a CD. Well, I suppose... No, not a CD, but I... <laughs> so because we went to this party, my friend was like, you have to talk to him and like, you know, tell him about how he saw you in Santa Cruz. And I was just like, I don't know, you know. But anyway, I went over there and yeah, it was just, there were all these people there and eventually I ended up seeing him and he was just surrounded by hordes of people just, just you know, all trying to like get his attention and talk to him and like be part of his magic. And he was just, seemed like he was overwhelmed by people, but... Lo and behold, after about 10 minutes of me observing this happening, there was a moment where no one was talking to him. And I thought, I guess I could go up to him and just sort of, you know, <laughs> throw it out there that, you know, he bought my CDs once. <laughs> 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 so I went up to him and he was like looking at me thinking, I think I like he- how that's your first thought too, is not like. <laughs> Like, wow, to talk to him about his like about amazing him. body of work or like ask him a question know, that you've always wondered about one of his movies or like ask him what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. Or hey, I just, I really am just a self-centered piece <laughs> You're of like, work. You're like, I'm going to talk to him about me. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else is there? Right? I mean, um, no, anyway, but so you did. Yeah, no. So I went up to him <laughs> and I said, listen, you know, I, uh, he was like looking at me. I think he was curious because I think maybe part of him did somehow sort of recognize me, not in any like conscious way, but he was thinking, where do I have I seen this person before? Maybe, you know, because it looked like because I, I was dressed not like anybody else. There. I mean, I was I didn't have any fancy clothes to wear to this party because I didn't think I was going to be going to the party when I went down to L.A. And so I don't know. I wonder if he was thinking, like, what is this thing doing <laughs> like in this party or whatever? But anyway, I went up to him and he was like, I said, hey, you know. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen your new movie yet. I have a plan to go see it on Monday and I'm really excited to see it. Uh, you know, I did say something to the extent of like, I think you're probably the best living director of our time, but you know, 10 years ago you saw me play at Pergolesi Cafe in Santa Cruz. <laughs> He's like, Oh yeah, Pergolesi. I remember Pergolesi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, that was just a real honor for me. And it really just, you know, I'll always remember that. So thank you. And I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> and also the name of my new band right now is Fox Hills Brigade. And here's a sticker. <laughs> And he's like, okay, well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Nice to see you from Pergolese Cafe. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and that was it. And, uh, you know, classic. hopefully. You're ridiculous. <laughs> a classic once upon a Look, time Look, I was Hollywood. pressured into it, okay? I was pressured into it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't even want to leave the house. Well, that sounded like a fart. It really did. <laughs> that was, that was Dominic's maybe. shirt like, rubbing against more, his I don't know, microphone. I honestly don't. I adjust. I couldn't even replicate it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even replicate it. it Who can replicate a fart? We'll just have to play back the tape, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> but can one fart be replicated to No, they're like a snow. It's like a snowflake. It is like a snowflake. Everyone is a little different. 
Um, I feel like I've mostly um, become an expert at making my farts very quiet. I thought wow. you were going to say very snowflake. Very quiet. Wow. That's really? I think, I, can, I, can, I think I've really mastered it. So you feel point. that you can, at any given time, prevent the sound of a fart coming out of your I, butt, It's like I kind of farting. can feel <clears throat> the pressure, and I'm like, let's evaluate here. <laughs> I can squeak it out little by little, you know, and I think get away with a very silent... But don't and you're no, s- you're a squeaker. Yeah, more like a squeak, just like a. <coughs> yeah, a little poof, a little you know, poof. like if you had a microphone directly to my anus, it would sound like. Wow. You know. That's incredible. Yeah. You should be proud. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about once upon a time in Hollywood. Or Let's, do <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, you know, I think that's a better time than any to uh, transition <laughs> over to Tarantino's new movie, which we are here today to discuss. Um, this is his ninth feature film, and it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt as a duo. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays sort of like a... Um, a TV star who's sort of like going through a little bit of rough patch, like is he still a star or not kind of vibe. Um, and he Brad, washed up. Yeah, and Brad Pitt plays his um, kind of good, his assistant who uh, was his stunt, his uh, stunt double for a long period of time and is sometimes still his stunt double. His loyal assistant. Yes, his loyal, loyal assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes and, place And in, friend. I would say and friend. Yeah, very good friend. Very good friend, yeah. Um, Takes place in Hollywood uh, in 1969, and that's very much the vibe of the whole film. Um, You know, and there's some twists and turns and surprises that I won't say now, but um, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, not to worry. We will at first discuss the film with no uh, specific plot details. um, but No spoilers. No spoilers um, until later on in the show when we'll make it very clear that we're going to get into spoilers, and then you can make the choice. To choose your own adventure, folks. To stay or go. Should you stay or should you go now? In the great words of The Clash, Mm -hmm. 1970-something, not 69. So Close. Yeah, it's close Close. enough, I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, look, maybe even before we start this, I'm very curious to know your history with Tarantino in general, Papa Bear. Mm. Um, What films have you seen by him? Are you a fan? Like, where where going into this did you stand on Tarantino? So, first Tarantino film was Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. I remember being sick, home homesick in high school and watching it with my friend Ben. And I'd never seen a movie like that before. Mm-hmm. I think probably because it was the only movie that's ever been like that before mm-hmm. uh, and loved it. And then Pulp Fiction probably after that. And then... Um, Did you see uh, Jackie Brown? I saw Jackie Brown way later. Way later. Did yeah. you see Kill Bill? See, saw both Kill Bills. Inglorious Bastards? Inglorious Bastards, yeah. <laughs> Django. Django. Death Proof? D- haven't seen Death Proof. That's sort of like a little bit of a one off, but I would still consider it like a uh, Tarantino. I'd go, film to I'd go see. see it. I'd go yeah. see it. Um, he, he did, he co. Was it that he co wrote and directed that or was so it so Grindhouse was a double feature film where he directed Death Proof solely and then um, Robert Rodriguez uh, mm. directed another film called something else uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. basically Grindhouse was a film that came out in theaters that was like both films and you saw both at once it was like a three and a half hour kind of thing mm. that you did but it basically tanked yeah. <laughs> no one well. no one really saw it um, what do you think about it well I think Death Proof is great uh, but I think that because it got released in the grindhouse kind of thing, I don't actually think Death Proof was as successful as Robert Rodriguez's film as like a grindhouse. Because the whole idea was that they were going to like intentionally make a film that kind of felt like a schlocky horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like Robert Rodriguez's was actually more successful as being that. And Tarantino just kind of made like a Tarantino movie, which I love a Tarantino movie. So I did love that as that, but I felt like it kind of, it wasn't in the best light in Grindhouse. You know what I mean? It was sort of like, well, you made a great film Tarantino, but I almost wish that he did it like separate from from Grindhouse. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I think it's great. I I actually think that people should definitely check it it out. I'll see it. Um, and then the last but not least, did you see uh, I, Hateful Eight? I saw a little bit of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. That is amazing. I feel like I probably, I, it, yeah. as I've gotten older, when I put on a movie at night, I tend to fall asleep. Yeah. It's a long one, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You've pretty much seen them all, then. Yeah. You've seen nearly all of them, yeah. except Death And I, I haven't Eight. seen a ton of movies. 
but yeah, Quentin but Tarantino I've seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. And so I take it then you're a fan. Yes. Um, so yeah, great. So going into this, you were, I assume, hyped. Uh, yeah, but mm-hmm. I actually, I, I'm pretty out of like mainstream culture right now. So I had no idea who was in the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. know Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I didn't know what the Ideal. plot was. I didn't know anything. Ideal. I don't think I've ever gone to a movie and had no, I love no information. I wish I was in your shoes because I tried to do that. And I did actually try to do it with this movie, but I did see just the trailer. Mm. Um, I've avoided like articles and like anything else. Um, and I, and luckily I think Tarantino did a pretty good job with that initial trailer to not give away too much of the plot. Mm. It really just gives you sort of like a, a past. Yeah. It just gives you the mood of the film. Mm-hmm. So I was glad that <clears throat> that's all I saw, but even that I wish I hadn't mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, some ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Laura, do you want to give us a brief on your history of Tarantino? Uh, I, I love uh, there. I actually have not seen Jackie Brown also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen death proof. You haven't seen death proof. No. Whoa. Yeah, actually those, I mean, it's <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. I, I need to see those movies and see been, I'm going to, I mean, that's why I wanted to have like a Quentin Tarantino marathon just to watch everything I have seen. And plus the ones I haven't just back to back and just really, yep. really decide <laughs> mm-hmm. what my favorite ones on. But like when, um, the last Quentin Tarantino movie I saw was Hateful Eight, I think, in the theater, and it was just amazing. I just that was when I realized, like, man, he is probably the greatest living. Director. How did that movie do? Did people Hateful Eight? Yeah. Uh, it did pretty well. It wasn't like his best. I think I Inglorious Bat or no, oh. Django Unchained um, did the best of all of his films. Wow, really? Um, yeah, just like money wise, box office wise, oh, Django oh. did the best. I think Inglorious Bastards was also up there. And I think Kill Bill was up there. Um, and then I think probably Hateful Eight is somewhere in there. Like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs actually after, like... After the fact. Yeah, it was more like they gained... Right. You know, he was kind of an unknown back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, not unknown. Yeah, but, yeah, you know but what it, I mean? like, it took time for... He to... wasn't who he is now, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Inglorious Bastards, that's a really good movie. That's like one of my favorite movies of his too. Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious yeah, yeah. Bastards. That's fun. That's a really fun movie. And it's relentless in terms of it's, it's like captivating the whole way through. Yes, mm. exactly. You know, I kind of disagree a little bit. About oh, that one. Wow. Wait, but what's I mean, your look, favorite I mean, Quentin Tarantino movie? I, just like you in preparation for this was sort of like, I would love to go on a Tarantino kick. And so I basically rewatched almost all of them minus Jackie Brown and Death Proof. I haven't rewatched, but I plan on rewatching them. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the rest I recently rewatched in the last like six months. Um, and I remembered Inglorious Bastards really liking it a lot. And then rewatching it, I was like, just in the context of his other movies, I was like, you know what? This isn't one of my favorite Tarantino films. Mm. Yeah, really? It just, there's, uh, obviously it's still like, when you're talking about Tarantino Wait, you movie, said that about Reservoir Dogs too. Huh? And Reservoir Dogs was another That's crazy. one. That, like, you know more what? so than Inglorious Bastards, I actually, I was actually pretty like, I was like, oh. Part of what made that movie <laughs> oh, so good God. for me was, um... I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy Steve that plays Buscemi? no, no. in, in Inglorious Bastards, the the Tim Roth. German oh. guy. Oh, um, 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 fudge! What the heck is his name? Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah, him. So, He's so good. seeing him for the first time in a, that was the first time I'd seen him in that movie, and he's so charismatic, but. His character in that in Inglorious Bastards, I thought, is one of the best characters in the Amazing. Tarantino movie. He's excellent. And then and then he was in Django, and maybe you know. Now you go back and watch Inglorious Bastards, and you've seen him before. For me, though, the first time watching it, that character was like, I was blown away. No, 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 me too. I had seen Inglorious Bastards before, and and I and I saw it before Django, and uh, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I love all of Tarantino's movies. I think they're all at least very, very good, and most are like excellent. <laughs> Um, and then a few are like just oh my god, just total <laughs> classic. Like couldn't couldn't even you know they stand against anything else really. Mm-hmm. So and where I'm at is like Tarantino is one of the greatest uh, living directors. So mm-hmm. I was very excited to see, of course, his new movie. Um, and yeah, I think probably like my favorite is either Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction. I would say I would wow, go really? back and forth between those two. Oh. Those two just like are so exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Pulp Fiction. Everyone stated it. Kill I Bill mean, one or two. Uh. I mean, I really want to say just like Kill they me. are one movie, mm-hmm. but 
Because, I mean, you really should just watch them back to back. Like, they're intended to be, like, one movie. But if I have to pick between the two, I actually would say Volume 1 just really sets the stage for, like, it just is so, what a thrilling first half of a movie. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and in contrast to some of his other stuff, which I feel like, um, yeah, slowly, for example, you know. Hateful Eight is a very, like, slow build. Um, I won't mention anything about this one quite yet. But, um, you know, Kill Bill is kind of a wild card in his um, filmography because it just starts yeah, strong. It mm-hmm. just starts like, not, not, they all start, they're all strong, but like starts just punching the intensity, and kicking, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, so I think we should get to the, to this new one though. I'm very excited to talk about it. All right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. What did you think? I liked it a lot. Really? I liked it a lot. Of like, course. I didn't love it. It's, it's almost hard to like determine <laughs> <laughs> this fresh at the gate. Like, I really feel like there's some stuff I want to sit with and think about a little more. Um, but overall, I know I liked it a lot. I just, there's some, there's some, uh, I'm trying to be very vague here, but there are some ways that the story went that I am trying to grapple with if it felt satisfying enough for me. Mm-hmm. Only certain things, though, because other things were extremely satisfying. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's phenomenally acted. Obviously, uh, the writing is top notch. Uh, it's beautiful to look at. Hollywood in 1969. I mean, like it's just like a fun time period, and it's uh, very comedic and upbeat. And you know, uh, it's like sort of a I would say slow burn of a movie. But what's really kind of keeping it moving is just the the excellent writing. And I think that's normally what a Tarantino movie is, is just an excellent scene uh, after excellent scene writing wise. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and he is uh, masterful at sort of like setting the pieces. He's like, he plays chess with you, Mm -hmm. I think as the audience, (laughs) he really understands like how you're going to feel about certain things or like reveals or whatever it's going to be. And he just knows how to get like the most out of it. Mm. And um, so it's sort of like, you know, I don't know if I'd recommend this as like a first Tarantino movie though, because Mm -hmm. I almost felt like I knew that, yeah, like I want to see where this is all going and I know that he's kind of playing chess with me. And I felt like this was, um, this was like a lot to be vague about it. (laughs) It's like he was playing a longer chess game, I think, than usual. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah. I think that's all I'll say for now. What do you what do you think of it? Um, well, I would say that this was it was obviously good, you know, but it was not my favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't think I loved it. Mm-hmm. Just it didn't really speak to me as much as like the last movie, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was obviously like really well made and it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it was not. I just didn't like it as much as others. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I I feel sort of in between both of you. Um, I think I probably liked it more than you did. Okay, but maybe not quite as much as you did. Mm. Um, I felt like one of the things Tarantino does best is details, visual details that give you more of the character and story than any other part of the film more than the, to me, more than the dialogue, more than anything, you get an understanding of what is being communicated through the focus of the different details of what's in the space. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that he did a really, really good job of that in this film. Mm, The story itself for me wasn't as strong. Mm. I felt like wasn't as strong as most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. which is just hard to talk about with no yeah, spoilers, yeah. but we will get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, get into all this. talk about the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I mean, this is like, <laughs> what more to say without spoilers? I almost right. feel like maybe we should just get to it. Because it's not like, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, on a technical level, it's great, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I think really what makes a Tarantino movie is his stories. And, um, kind of, but the execution, like the direct, the direction is really also what makes the movie. Yeah, that's true. But, um, it's like beyond the story, he's so good at evo- like creating style and under- like he, his, 
he just has such a palette of references that he knows how to use mm-hmm. and to convey this it's the storytelling mm-hmm. i think that what? make his movies really stand out yes yeah, and i felt like the di- the directing in this film was great yes like like yeah absolutely yeah all that felt good yeah mm-hmm. yep. but anyway. you know what i will say in a vague way is just like what I really loved about some of his other movies that I was missing a little bit in this was like his tension building. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, he utilizes it a couple times and, right. and it really worked for those couple times. Mm-hmm. But man, I just feel like he normally deploys it a little more. And normally I'm feeling what I felt only a couple times in this movie. I'm feeling it like the it whole was, time yeah, in other yeah. movies. Well, yeah, it wasn't, that's, that's it. It wasn't like, it didn't feel like a roller coaster ride mm-hmm. so much. It felt a lot more like. Just like a cruise ship. Yeah, a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Not a cruise ship, but <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, Like cruising through, you know, like in that car that they had in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it called? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Forget it. We'll cut that. <laughs> I just there feel like really a lot of reference. No, anyway, go ahead. This was like a little Tarantino light. It, yeah, it, it was. It, uh, it there wasn't the it, there wasn't the um, the depth the depth or intensity. Like it felt kind of Hollywood. Well, maybe that's <laughs> you know? why you know yeah, it felt kind of Hollywood. But that that's kind of what was cool about it in the sense that I think it maybe it was aware of itself in that way and yeah. like there that's was a message there <laughs> and. <laughs> Sorry. I think we should talk spoilers though, because I would love to get sure. into the thick of things. And I think that is really where the meat of this conversation is will lie. Um, so if you have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, I do suggest that you turn this off and go watch it. Now, even though I've said some negative things, I th- still think everyone should see this movie. I mean, it's a new Tarantino movie. I think if you're interested in film, this is like an important movie to see just in the in for the sake of it being a new Tarantino movie you're only going to get these once in a while so go see it in theaters please and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so gloves are off spoilers are on we can now discuss anything that we would want about this wonderful film well or maybe not so wonderful no well i will say the best part by far was the for me leonardo dicaprio in those scenes where he was the bad guy uh, Caleb with the mustache. Oh yeah! I just felt like that. You got to see Leonardo DiCaprio's like genius. Right. Yeah. Wait, you mean when he's holding the little girl and yeah. he's like, "I'm no, gonna fucking yeah. kill her." Was so I was good. just cracking up that whole time. And, and the so and the scene before that, where he was where he fucked up a couple times. I yeah. felt like right. both of those were just the whole the whole up to that point. You're like, this character's kind of like not that interesting, right? And then those moments you got to see. Oh, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more uh, angles to this, and you see him in his trailer too, and you kind of like get a vibe of like how hard he is on himself in like mm-hmm. a hilarious way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. It was, it was, I was a little like, hmm, this is a pretty uh, boring lead mm-hmm. <laughs> for a Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Because um, I agree, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I was like, what? I mean, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah. Well, maybe that's what he was trying to. I mean, maybe that was on purpose, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it but, could very well be, but it like doesn't make it any more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, like watching <laughs> <For us>. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So I think um, the elephant in the room, at least for me, is this film deals with uh, Charles Manson mm-hmm. uh, and the Manson uh, cult, basically. Did you guys know that before seeing the film? Was there. I had heard that it was involved, but I was like purposely trying to avoid knowing anything more than that. And the trailer like ever so faintly hints that he's somehow a part of things. But I was like, I don't want to know anymore. I just want to be surprised. But I did know that was going to be like a factor in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of the dramatic tension lies in how that's going to play out because you the majority of the film, it almost feels like he's telling, he's like hinting, he's like, and there's this other thing that's coming down the line. So don't you forget it. Like Mm -hmm. he's constantly evoking the fact that there's this like cult and, you know, these people wandering the streets of Hollywood that um, Brad Pitt's character is seeing and sort of like getting involved in. And I was thinking, you know, like 
what's going to happen is, is his stunt double going to get murdered and then Leonardo DiCaprio is going to like have to track him down or something. I thought it was going to like kind of, I thought he was going to pull the trigger mm-hmm. <laughs> much sooner than he did on the Manson stuff. And I was shocked when we were like nearly two hours into the movie and like it still hadn't really gone off. I feel like also maybe I haven't seen enough movies from that time to get all the references. I feel like there were just a lot of references that maybe I didn't understand. I mean, basically at the point at which they, when he goes to like, you know, the old movie studio or whatever in, in, uh, not Panorama City, but you know. Yeah, the movie town. Chatsworth or whatever. Yeah. Where he meets, you know, the guy he used to work for. Yeah. Where Brad Pitt goes Even with the girl. Their, their interaction was weird. So weird. What yeah. was up with, I mean, it was obviously like trying to build tension and make you think something was going to happen. And yeah. then there was like this comic relief or whatever. Or it was like obviously. A, I was disappointed by that out. scene. Yeah, me too. I know. But what, yeah, what was up with that? Like, why did, I feel like that was a reference to something and I just didn't get it. <laughs> maybe I needed to watch more spaghetti Western movies to get this whole thing. Because maybe it was like a big parallel to something or I don't know. I don't well, know. it's just bizarre to me to see a Tarantino movie where he doesn't give you payoff mm-hmm. as much as you would expect. Like, well, he did give us some payoff. He definitely sure. did. But what I'm saying is like that scene in particular that you're talking about is so clear like it's building tension seems like something really Something's bizarre and crazy and tarantino is going to happen there yeah. that like you could exactly not what see she was, exactly what she was saying exactly what she was saying yeah. which i guess is like maybe the joke i guess like the joke is that she was actually telling him the right. truth yeah the joke just doesn't make for good film it just doesn't make for good film and that's yeah. a very strange choice from tarantino whose choices i often feel like actually surpass your expectations of what you thought might be a good idea. He's like, but this one's better. Mm-hmm. And then he goes with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I have watched Tarantino's movies and loved them before where, where I'm like, I think I know where you're going. And he's like, no, you fucking don't because this is better than that. You know, it's like he, he surpasses what you get yeah, your expectations. Your expectations. He's a few steps ahead of you, but that felt like one of these odd moments where I was like, you didn't meet my expectations mm-hmm. with that sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I, I get it's like a fake out or whatever, but then that's just kind of disappointing. Defla- it was deflating. It was deflating. What, how did you feel about the very, very end? Uh, I'm curious. Well, I guess I just thought, Oh, this is like a very Hollywood ending in a lot of ways. Like that he would go be hanging out with Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate no, at it, the end. It was totally a Hollywood ending. Like, I think it really captured the spirit of Hollywood in a lot of ways. I guess what's interesting is the movie obviously intermixes, like, fiction with fact, with re- reality. Yeah. Like, we have this, the main character is a fictional character, yeah. and yet he's living next door to these real-life people. Right. And then there's Charles, Charles, the Charles Manson factor. Mm-hmm. And it's about, Holly, it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is like a fairy tale. And Hollywood is all about, like, land of dreams and happy endings. So this is kind of like Quentin Tarantino's fairy tale version of what actually happened with just a kind of grotesquely happy Hollywood ending. How did you, how did you feel about the ending? I mean, the whole movie kind of had that, like not quite getting their vibe. So I didn't have any expectation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just didn't have any expectation when we got to that point. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, this is kind of par for the course. Huh? Yeah. It, but, um, the previous scene to that though, with like the, yeah, that was the, great. Yeah, okay. That seems so you're great. into that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this is a movie that I feel like I need to talk about to to oh, figure out feelings. how much I, I like it. Mm. Because I do like it. It's I very just, stylized. I, yeah, and I got I, I was engaged like halfway through the movie. I was definitely like pulled in and mm-hmm. Yeah. It was I was actually pulled in right from the beginning. I, I was very engaged the whole movie. I'm just saying actually the ending may have put a damper on a lot of what I thought was him playing. So I kind of mentioned this earlier, like with the playing chess element, I was very invested in the slow parts of the beginning because I was like, I know Tarantino. I know he sometimes likes to play his little long game and I know he's just setting the pieces. So I'm fine with that. But I felt like ultimately now looking back at, at the big move that he played, all of that, all of those pieces I don't know about it. Like, did he really need to give us two hours of a build to get to like sort of 20 minutes of some crazy shit? Hmm. Um, all right. I mean, I've oh. definitely vented. <laughs> I feel like I've 
completely commandeered this podcast. Sorry, guys. Is there anything that you guys would want to talk about in the movie? <laughs> mm. I enjoyed going to the theater with you guys. Oh, oh me too. Fine. It was a ton of fun. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Nice, it was a nice theater. That was Big P's first time at the Alamo Draft House, by the way. Oh, nice yeah, spot. Big P. <laughs> nice spot. Nice spot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's his review of Alamo Draft House. It's pretty fun to go there. Highly recommend it. Any closing uh, thoughts from either of you? I mean, yeah, definitely worth seeing. And uh, shout out to Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> May he hit us up and Thanks, Big use Q. our music Big in his Q. movie. In his Wait, did you just movie. call him Big Q just now, too? Oh, Q. shit. That was wild. Wow, there you go. Wow. Shout out to Big Q. <laughs> Papa B, any final words? Papa B. Um, PB. This is my first podcast. Wow. Thanks, oh, guys. Oh, we we uh, busted up your cherry or yeah, whatever. Yeah, got in there. As they say. Um, Papa B, you make music, and I would love to end tonight with a little bit of music. We are going to play Green River. Yes. What album is that off of? That's uh, off of the Reunion EP. By Papa Bear and the Easy Love. Yes. I I forgot to mention. Correct. Um, Pop Pop Bear and the Easy easy Love. And the Easy Love you can find on what? Like all sorts of services? Camp. Actually, maybe just Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Cool. I, I really believe in Bandcamp. Bandcamp, I love their mission statement for sure. It's much better than Spotify's. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, we don't give a fuck. It's just all here. We're not going to pay the artist. Yeah. Just ba- listen. Bandcamp is pro-artist. Bandcamp is very pro-artist, and I love that. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Papa Bear, for, for being on this podcast. It was so nice having you. Thanks for having me. Um, nice to catch up with you after a nice little weekend. Where you're all a busy bee, and now you can just settle down on this couch of mine, and we can just like chit chat. Yeah. Um, so it was fun. Thank you. Uh, so this is uh, totally tell me. We post new episodes every two weeks on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Google Stitcher. Play, what, Stitcher. What about Bandcamp? We don't put it on Bandcamp. But I don't think they really like. No, they're not into podcasts. podcasts. They're not into yeah. Um, but you know, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at totally tell me, you know, uh, just hit us up and shit, whatever. (laughs) And we're going to end tonight with a song by Papa Bear and the easy love. This is called green river. And, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of totally tell me. Just wants to say hello.